Carmina Constantino, Dateline Philippines begins right now. Hey, thanks for joining us. For those of you watching us on YouTube and on Facebook, nice to have you with us today. The president of the, the University of the Philippines urges the Duterte administration to revoke its termination of the agreement, which bars the entry of state security forces in UP campuses without permission, calling it unnecessary and unwarranted. Danilo Concepcion says the abrogation of the 1989 DND-UP accord may result in worsening relations between the university and police and military forces. As for UP Vice President for Public Affairs, Dr. Elena Perna, she hits the lack of consultation with the university before the deal was scrapped. It's a unilateral abrogation, a unilateral termination. So what it has caused is misunderstanding and mistrust. No? Uh, yeah, so talagang, no, uh, you, you can expect our uh, our constituency, our community, you mm. know, to be really worried, you yeah. know, because yeah. we don't know what will happen. We, we don't know, uh, you know, exactly uh, how the military can enter. Defense Secretary Delphine Lorenzana insists the 1989 accord has become obsolete. He says it was originally a courtesy given to the university. But during the course of the agreement, Lorenzana claims UP has become a safe haven for enemies of the state. Legal experts and concerned groups also criticize the arbitrary termination of the UPDND accord. The National Union of People's Lawyers calls the move unjustified and baseless. And UPL President Edre Olalia also notes how UP campuses have been a safe haven for legitimate protests, which is why it should be free from so-called draconian designs. The College Editors Guild of the Philippines says the government's move will only perpetuate red-baiting and campus militarization. They add it will also open more windows for abuse. The group calls on campus publications and youth groups to resist what they describe as vestiges of state fascism. As for Akbayan Chair Emeritus Eta Rosales, she says Secretary Lorenzana should instead focus on defending the West Philippine Sea, where the real and present threat is. Thank you very much. Well, even with the threat of the pandemic, the real threat of the pandemic, UP students and activists have gathered at the UP Diliman campus to denounce government's move to terminate the DND-UP accord. Our correspondent Adrian Ayale now joins us live from there for an update. Adrian, what can you tell us? Hi, Carmina. The UP community has vowed to fight for academic freedom as they condemned the unilateral termination made by Defense Secretary Delphine Lorenzana of the 1989 agreement between the National Defense Department and the University of the Philippines system, which declared UP campuses as off-limits to military and police operations without prior notification. Right now, the uh, students, faculty, and um, other uh, personnel from the University of the Philippines, as well as other organizations, uh, militant and activist organizations, are marching towards um, University Avenue. This is still part, of course, of the uh, UP campus and uh, off-limits to uh, policemen. Um, actually, whenever there are rallies um, held here inside the UP Diliman campus, um, policemen from the Philippine National 
National Police can only stay up to Commonwealth Avenue. And uh, security within the UP campus, it is uh, being handled by the uh, uh, own police force of uh, the university as well as um, security guards. Now, um, earlier, uh, UP President uh, Danilo Concepcion uh, made a, a statement saying that um, the uh, university, uh, the administration um, is ready to fight for academic freedom. He stressed that um, UP campuses are um, sanctuaries for um, academics, um, even noting that, uh, that um, students and the faculty are contributing to national development. Um, although he stopped short of um, condemning the uh, unilateral decision made by uh, Lorenzana, we all know that this is a, uh, an agreement uh, between um, two parties. Um, he said, uh, uh, whatever Lorenzana made, and he said that uh, this can be ironed out through negotiations, through formal talks. He is asking for the uh, revocation, for the reconsideration of the decision made by Lorenzana. Now, uh, students and uh, faculty members issued stronger statements. Sociology professor um, Jerry Lanuza earlier said um, that um, he hinted that they are ready to uh, physically defend the university. He said that um, chairs and tables are um, ready to be used by uh, students and uh, faculty. Likewise, um, students are um, ready to uh, fight for academic freedom, um, according to uh, student regent Rene Ko. Now, different organizations said that, um, that there is a stronger need now to adjunct the um, anti-terror law after um, Lorenzana made reference to the uh, decision of the um, Anti-Terrorism Council declaring uh, the uh, Communist Party of the Philippines and the New People's Army as terrorist organizations. Now, it can have um, also a direct impact to uh, the uh, UP community, especially with um, red tagging, uh, red tagging of, um, uh, of activists um, uh, who are, um, some of them are based here in the University of the Philippines. This can lead to um, indiscriminate arrests and um, violence. Um, that's why they're also calling for the junking of the um, anti-terror um, law. Um, again, uh, we are in the time of a uh, pandemic. Um, uh, students and faculty made sure that um, health protocols are, are um, practiced. And according to the uh, UP police, um, uh, uh, around um, 300 showed up today, uh, mostly students, but there are also some faculty members that uh, we have seen and um, some uh, UP personnel also from other organizations, some party list organizations, and even um, indigenous peoples from the um, Save Our Schools movement. Uh, the uh, the um, the uh, rally, the uh, protest is about uh, is about to end now. But again, the uh, UP community is uh, vowing that they will continue uh, this fight for academic freedom. Carmina, our correspondent Adrian Ayalin joining us live from UP. Thanks again, Adrian. You keep safe. Back here in the newsroom, a symbolic gesture designed to sow fear and silence criticism. That's how Vice President Lenny Robredo described the scrapping of the UPDND accord. In a statement, Robredo pointed out how the agreement was forged as a safeguard following the atrocities inflicted by the Marcos dictatorship on the members of the UP community, such as the warrantless arrest of a faculty member by military operatives. She adds, if the government's real intention is to enforce the law, then the military only needs to notify officials at UP before conducting operations within its campuses. But with the termination of the deal, Robredo says the government is sending a different message that under the Duterte administration, anyone, anywhere is fair game.
Here at home, 217 people who came in contact with a Filipino who was infected with a more contagious UK COVID-19 variant now under a strict 14-day quarantine. Dr. Raleigh Cruz, head of Quezon City's Epidemiology and Surveillance Unit, says all of the contacts have also undergone swab, make that undergone swab testing. Paramihan sa kanila ay na-swab na natin hanggang second level. So, anaantay na lang po natin yung mga resulta ng mga ito. Daily, minomonitor natin sila if they have uh, uh, symptoms. As for the male patient with the UK COVID-19 variant, Cruz says he is doing fine after taking antibiotics and will be declared recovered after his quarantine period ends. The 29-year-old patient tested positive for the variant after arriving home from Dubai January 7th. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte stands by his cabinet officials as they refuse to disclose the prices of the vaccines they're procuring. President Duterte insists government should honor the non-disclosure agreements with the vaccine manufacturers. He also slammed senators who questioned his administration's move to order Sinovac's vaccine despite its allegedly higher cost and questionable efficacy. They cannot reveal the price kasi it will resort na malugi yung ibang in some countries malugi sila yung ibang countries hindi pare-pare o yan eh sa Pfizer gusto ninyong Pfizer kayo mga senador in uh, Norway 25 persons died after receiving Pfizer vaccination Gusto ninyo, mag-order kami para sa inyo. But this I can tell you, we never prohibited anybody from buying uh, from government. We are, not, we are not selling. We are buying for the people libre. All eyes on the U.S., particularly on President-elect Joe Biden, as he gets ready for his inauguration. His soon-to-be predecessor also making headlines for making some questionable moves a couple of days before his term ends. Our North America Bureau Chief T.J. Manotok joins us now with details. T.J., go ahead. Good afternoon, Carmina. Well, two days before he takes office in the White House, President-elect Biden and his wife Jill spent time on Martin Luther King Day giving back to the community. The soon-to-be first couple spent their morning of the Martin Luther King holiday at the Philabundance Food Bank in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where he helped pack canned food into boxes for the last fortune. The commemoration of MLK Day kicks off inauguration week with security heightened in Washington, D.C. Meanwhile, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris formally resigned from the Senate today as she submitted her letter of resignation to Governor Gavin Newsom of California. Her seat will be taken by Newsom's appointed successor, Alex Padilla, who is currently the California Secretary of State. Developments, meanwhile, from inside the White House. President Donald Trump is expected to lift the coronavirus-related travel restrictions that cover much of Europe and Brazil starting on January 26, nearly a week after he leaves office. It's a head-scratcher of a move for many that immediately got a reaction from the Biden camp, who vows to reinstate the ban based on the recommendations of their medical and science teams. Trump also is set to issue more than 100 pardons tomorrow, absolving convicted individuals from federal crimes. Rumors are heating up. He is also considering pardoning himself. 
New York Times reports close associates are said to be making money off of selling the pardons as lobbyists. Trump recorded a farewell address as well from the White House on Monday, offering a list of accomplishments from his four years in office. It was a taped valedictory message from the state for the residents, which will be released on Tuesday. Meanwhile, an average of recent polls finds Trump with his lowest approval rating so far of his presidency, only 39% approve of Trump's job uh, satisfaction so far, and 58% show his disapproval rating. First Lady Melania Trump addressed the public in her farewell speech today. In her speech posted online, Melania said that it was the greatest honor of her life to serve as the First Lady of the United States. Let's hear more from the First Lady. My fellow Americans, it has been the greatest honor of my life to serve as First Lady of the United States. I have been inspired by incredible Americans across our country who lift up our communities through their kindness and courage, goodness and grace. In all circumstances, I ask every American to be an ambassador of Be Best, to focus on what unites us, to raise above what divides us, to always choose love over hatred, peace over violence, and others before yourself. Together, as one national family, we can continue to be the light of hope for future generations and carry on America's legacy of rising our nation to greater heights through our spirit of courage, goodness, and faith. Kermina, President Trump will continue with his planned big send-off on Wednesday morning that will be in a military airfield in Maryland before he flies out and back home to Florida. Kermina? Thanks a lot. Our North America Bureau Chief there, TJ Manotok, joining us via Zoom from San Francisco. Thanks, TJ. On to some sports action before we go. The blockbuster trade for former MVP James Harden looking like a stroke of genius for the Brooklyn Nets front office. The Nets have now won back-to-back -back games since the trade with their latest victory over fellow title favorite the Milwaukee Bucks, 125-123. to Harden dropped 34 points and 12 assists while Kevin Durant added 30 points, including the go-ahead three-pointer with 36 seconds left. The Nets have now won four straight games. And things could either get better or worse for the franchise with the looming return of unpredictable star Kyrie Irving. Irving has missed the past seven games due to personal reasons and for violating the league's health protocols. The Toronto Raptors are slowly getting back to top form as they manhandle the Dallas Mavericks 116-93. Toronto All-Star Kyle Lowry flirted with a triple-double, while Pascal Siakam had 15 of his 19 points in the second half. The Raptors also limited Dallas superstar Luka Doncic to just 15 points. With a third straight win, Toronto improved to 5-8 on the season. The Mavericks slid to 6-7. And that'll do it for today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Play back this newscast to on ANC's YouTube channel and on ANC 24-7 on Facebook. Keep safe. Keep it here on ANC.